Well, first off, I thank the Lord for the opportunity, uh, first off, to, to even, you know, be up here on Father's Day. It's, it's a great honor, of course, to, to be able to speak on such a, a great day honoring our dads. And me being one, uh, I hope I've, I've got a little bit of authority in that area. Uh, but we're going to continue on in our series. You'll see that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And today... We're going to talk about probably what I, what I would consider one of the most important earthly fathers um, of all time. Um, he definitely is a hero of the faith. Uh, we studied him in our in our Bible class with Donnie a few weeks back, and I believe that it's a this man is a man that you and I as as men that we can model our lives after him. I'll tell you a little bit of snots about this guy. He's, he was very humble. He was a very humble man. Um, he was a righteous man and he was a great man of faith. Now, would I say that he's the best husband and the best father? Well, there's not a lot of scripture really out there about this guy. So I get to make up anything I want to, right? No, I'm not going to make up anything. Of course. But I'll tell you this, as as I was preparing this message, it, it caused me to sort of reflect on my life as a dad and how I've gotten to this point. I'm 49 years old. Uh, Becky and I, we've been together for 29 years. Now, not married 29 years, but been together 29 years. And um, And so for 20 years, I've been a dad. For 20 years, that's just crazy. I feel like I just got out of high school. <laughs> But 20 years, y'all, I've been a dad. Well, you know, when I look back and I started reflecting on this guy, and, I, and you hang with me because I'm going to get to a point, but I looked at my life as a dad, and I went back to when I started dating Becky. Now, I know it's hard to believe, but I didn't date a whole lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised, too. I mean, I really am surprised. You know, I had the mullet. I had hair. I had blonde, flowing hair. It was more like a carpet, and I didn't have much self-confidence, to say the least. You know, I grew up with two older sisters, and so, you know, I had to be honest with you. You know, uh, Susie and Beth sort of broke me of really wanting to have a girlfriend, to be honest with you. So, Susie, y'all are to blame for me not wanting to have any girlfriends. I, I was, I like girls. Of, of course I like girls, you know. But I just wasn't a chick magnet, magnet, okay? I wasn't a Tim Williford, you know, or, or Dean Edders, you know. I just wasn't those kind of guys, you know. I was just Mark. You know, I was playing Jane. Uh, I can remember, if you remember Chester Hair Designers down here on the bypass, I hated going to get my hair cut. But Dad would always take me to the barber shop, and I always wanted to get a flat top, and my mom would never let me get a flat top. But that's the only kind of cuts that you would get when you go to the barbershop. So you'd go to the beauty shop, you know, to, to get your hair cut. Well, of course, you know, I'm single. And, of course, Brenda and Linda and all them girls, they got to set you up with somebody, don't they? Well, they're always trying to set me up with somebody. And I'm like, that girl's out of my league. She's, she's out of my league. She's a cheerleader. I don't date cheerleaders. This is not cheerleading material, trust me. God didn't give Cam's cheerleading material. Look at his body. I'm not cheerleading material, okay? Never have been. Always been skinny as a rail. Very shy, not very confident in myself. I did date a couple of girls, 
you know, growing up. But then I met Becky. And when I'll never forget the next day after our first date, my mom, she, she asked me, she says, so how was it? She'd always ask me if I went out on the very few dates I went out on. She'd always ask me, how was it? Most times it's like, well, it was all right, I reckon, mama. You know, what'd you think about her? I don't know. You know, it was, it was just a date, you know. But when I, when I dated Becky, there was something different. You know, I told my mom, I said, I don't know, mom, there's something different about this girl that I really felt at ease with. And we had a good conversation. And, you know, of course, you look back and lo and behold, she becomes my wife. You know, we dated for four years. And that was a long time before we got engaged. We were engaged another year. So that's five years that we dated before we married. Now, don't blame me. That's not my fault. Because my father-in-law, when I went to ask for his daughter's hand in marriage, I went and talked to them. And they said, well, here's the deal. If you want to marry her before she gets out of college, you get the bill. I said, don't worry. I don't take the bill. You can keep her. You can keep her till she graduates high school or college. And then we'll talk about marriage. So that's what we did. So, uh, but anyway, I tell you that story to think about this guy in Scripture. He probably felt the same way about this girl. This girl was something different. There's something about this girl that was different. And, you know, everything's clicking right along. I can, I can go through my life. I can, me and Becky's dating. This guy and his, his girl, they're dating. He asked her to, to marry him. And then, wham, out of left field, something comes out just would blow you off your rocker. Now, it's not going to be much of a secret when we start getting to the Word of God. The title of the message is this. It's a faithful father. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. It says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, men, we'll talk to you for just a second. Imagine being in Joseph's shoes. Now, you clicking right along, you dating this girl, you've asked her to be married, and all of a sudden, she comes up pregnant. Hmm. Hmm. I can tell you right now, about 99% of us will be like, how am I going to get out of this mess? How am I going to get out of this? Because obviously it wasn't his child. But I want you to look at this. In verse 19, he says, but he didn't want to disgrace her publicly. Now, I'll tell you this. I can't speak for every guy in here. I can't. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong. But I would think something inside of all of us guys would probably say, you know what? I don't really want to disgrace her, but I certainly want to be disgraced myself. I lost my girl to another man, you know. Maybe I wasn't man enough for her. I can imagine what Joseph must have been thinking. Now, since it's Father's Day, I won't tell you what a woman would have done if the roles were reversed. But I can tell you this. 
having two older sisters and a house full of women, it wouldn't have went down like that. <laughs> There's no fury like a woman scorn. Okay. But God give us great women. Now, if you continue reading though, it says this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the, the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, if you look at that, that's amazing. You know, when we see those verses, we see Joseph's response. Immediately when he woke up, right? He woke up, he did exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He didn't hesitate. So we see that he's a man of impeccable character. We see that he's a man of faith. And more importantly, he's a man of immediate obedience. Now think about those three things, guys, because that is something that you and I can build on in our relationship with Lord, our relationship with our family, and as head of our households. We are to be men of impeccable character. We are to be men of faith. And we are to be men of immediate obedience. We know we see that immediate obedience again. You know, God wasn't done with In Matthew 2, 13 through 15, it says this, After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, said the angel. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death. And this fulfilled what the Lord has spoken through the prophet. I call my son out of Egypt. Now see, when you see that, you know, he's a man of impeccable character. He's a man of faith. And he's a man of immediate obedience. Let me tell you, if any one of those three things had not been a part of Joseph's character, then we would have not have gotten the Savior. It's really just that simple. You know, <clears throat> we make a big deal, and it is a big deal about Mary being a virgin. That's simply amazing that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. But dads, listen, Joseph had a just as important, maybe even more important part to protect his family, protect the Savior of the world. Those are lessons that you and I can learn from Joseph. You know, if you go on, if you look in Luke 2, 43 through 46, it says this, and this is some years later. <clears throat> After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first, but they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. 
three days later, can you imagine three days later after they, they lost him, y'all? I'll tell you, they lost him. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> how many of you dads going to be honest this morning? How many of you have lost your child? How many have lost your child? Yes. All y'all raise y'all's hands. Y'all lying. All y'all done lost your kid. You done lost a kid. If you're a parent, you have lost your child. Okay. I got three of them, and I promise you I've lost all three of them at one time or another. Whether it's been at Walmart, whether it's been at Disneyland. Yeah, we, yeah, we lost them. We have lost them. I'll give you an example. Back years ago, I think Peyton may have been, what, 9 or 10 B? <clears throat> At Disney World, about nine or ten, probably. <laughs> we were sitting there watching fireworks, and this was right before COVID started shutting down everything. So we're sitting there, and um, lo and behold, we're at the fireworks. How many of y'all been to Disney World? Turn the fireworks is <laughs> crowded. I mean, there are people like shoulder to shoulder. You can't, you can't hardly get away. I mean, once you get in your spots, you're done. Well, anyway, we were there at Disney World, and we were watching the fireworks. Mary Catherine's on my shoulder, so she can see. Becky, I think, was right here, and Julia was on my left side. Peyton was right here on my right side. And Peyton had been, Peyton deals with some asthma issues, and so I hear in that crowd, I can't breathe. And I look to my right, and Peyton is gone. She's like, she's weaving through the crowd, and she is gone. Man, I turned to Becky. I said, B, get Peyton. She's uh, she's gone. She's gone. She's gone. And y'all, I mean, I don't know how she, I, I honestly have no clue how Becky found her. But to say that I panicked is an understatement. Here I've got Mary Catherine on my shoulders. And there's really nothing I can do. But you know what? Obviously we found her. She's back there safe and sound. And so, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what they must have felt like for three solid days. I mean, it's one thing to go as a man, you know, I, I put myself in Joseph's shoes, trying to calm Mary down, you know, baby, listen, he's fine, he's fine, look, he's, he's probably in with another family, it's not a big deal, you know, we'll, we'll catch up to him, he'll catch up to us sooner or later, well, you know, probably that may work for like the first day or so, but then after that, I'm sure the panic starts, obviously they go back all the way to Jerusalem, right? Well, if you go back and if you looked, that's just being a parent, right? That's just being a parent. We have concern, we love our children, I wonder, though, that this is just Mark. This in the scripture, this is just Mark, okay? I wonder, I wonder if Joseph was like, okay, God, listen here. I done lost your kid, <laughs> and I know you know where he's got to be at, so can you just kind of put me on him, you know, tell me sort of where he may be at or something? Give me a clue. You know, I'm sure he probably went like, all right, God, this is your kid. Hey, <laughs> you do something with him. Because if you think about this, now think about this. This is just Mark. This wasn't his biological kid, y'all. Think about that. This is not his biological child. Now, which leads me to another point, is this. Because I'm, 
let's just be real. The divorce rate in the church mirrors that of the world. It's about 50%. So if I'm looking out in this crowd, half of you probably went through a divorce, right? Okay. Well, I think for you who have stepchildren, I think, I think that's a great example for you to look at Joseph's life and say, look, you know, God has brought you into that child's life for a reason. And it's to, I think it is to protect that child. I think it's to love that child or children and be willing to raise that child as your own. And I will tell you, because I know some of you who are step parents and you're doing a heck of a job and it shows. And I, I will tell you this. You showed me the Lord Jesus Christ and his love in a very sacrificial way. And I tell you, if I notice it, trust me, the world notices it. And I appreciate it. And I know that God appreciates it. But you have to be willing to love and train that child, don't you? Because God's entrusted you with that child. Now, I want us to look at another little scripture real quick. It says this, his parents didn't know what to think. When they finally called up Jesus, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. This is important. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. I'll get to that in just a moment, that last point. Now, I think for us, that scripture shows a very important point. It shows a united front. Okay? Let me tell you something. Husbands and wives, the gates of hell don't like your marriage. Okay? And it, he's going to do everything he can to destroy that marriage. And I will tell you, as much as we love our little darlings, he'll use your kids to separate you and your spouse. You know, it's kind of ironic. I can imagine if you looked at that scripture today, if they were recorded, you know, it didn't turn into a big argument, you know, did it? It didn't turn into a big argument. It, it said that they both were frantic. You know, that she says, hey, we were both frantic. To me, whether you're blended or not, a blended family or not, I think it's important for you to be on the same page with one another. Okay? It is vital that you be on the same page. Because let me tell you, you will, you will truly sow what you reap in this area. You know, I love what it says when it says, Jesus returns to Nazareth with, Nazareth with them and was, was obedient. Now listen, all of us who are parents, what do we want our children to be? What do we want our children to be? For me, like I told my kids, I don't really care to hear you're sorry all the time. You know, I just love obedience. I just, I, I appreciate obedience because for me, obedience is honoring to me as a dad. It's honoring to you as a mother when you see your children, you know, be obedient. You know, this morning, um, Julia was Julie was coming, and, and this was definitely not planned. 
Um, but I'll tell you how it blesses my heart. You know, as a father, this morning, they always pray for me before I speak. Always. And so Julia was trying to get out of the car real quick and hurry up and get in here because she'd run a little bit behind just so she could pray with her dad before I got up here to speak. And she ended up falling and, and you know, bust her lip and, and everything else. But that child sat there in that sat back there in that room, in that bathroom, with a busted lip, <laughs> bleeding on her shoulder and from her hands, and she prayed for her daddy. Now I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> as a father, I may not got it right. But I'm gonna tell you what, that blesses my heart as a dad. Amen. And for me, that's obedience for my child because she knows where to place her faith and trust and hope. She knows how important it is for you guys to hear the truth and for God to do that work and stuff. I'm just a donkey get, that gets to deliver the message to you. This is God's message to you. Now, I will tell you this. We'll go back a little bit as this. <clears throat> Men, we are commanded. We are commanded by, by God to love our wives as Christ loved the church. You know, we are commanded to lead your family and lead your spouse and do it well. Wives, listen very carefully. Allow your husbands to lead. But I will tell you this. Listen, and I'm and let's hear what I'm saying. Listen with the intent to consider his perspective. Listen with the intent to consider his perspective. A man looks at things differently. A woman looks at the same thing. Men, we have to do the same thing with our wives. We have to listen with the intent to consider their perspective as well. Yeah, because Becky helps me out tremendously in this area. You know, sometimes I can treat my, my family like a business because I'm a businessman. And so sometimes it's just like profit and loss. <laughs> well, that's not a good, trust me, that's not a good way to parent, you know. But Becky helps balance me out and that says, hey, you know, this is what you got to do. You, you know, you were harsher. You know, she's always coaching me, and I'm very appreciative of her perspective because, hey, she's a woman. And I live in a house full of women. So she obviously has a leg up on me on that area, right? Well, if you look at that, communication is very important in a marriage. So make sure that you take time to communicate as a husband and as a wife. And also communicate to your, to your kids. Listen to your... Our role as parents are to train our children. Never forget that. But I'll tell you what the heartbreaking is as a leader is this. Is when you see struggles in marriages. Because, look, Becky is my best friend. She's my confidant. She's my go-to. And that's what your spouse ought to be for you. You ought to be their biggest cheerleader. And let me tell you this. Listen very carefully. Every person in here, regardless of whether you're on stage, whether you're singing or speaking or teaching a class, listen, you have a ministry. You will touch people in schools that I'll never, I'll never see those kids. You know, you have opportunities to touch people in business. That's your ministry field. You know, each one of you has a ministry. And let me explain something to you. Your spouse will make or break your ministry. They truly will. I'll never forget back years ago when I, when I desired to be a leader here at, at CFM, 
Steve pulled me aside and he asked me, he said, well, how's Becky with, with you doing this? Because you know it's going to take a lot of time and it's not going to be convenient. Because Mark, let me tell you, your spouse will make or break your ministry. And I will tell you, he is exactly right. I'm the man and leader because my wife helps me tremendously. And she, like I say, she's my biggest cheerleader. But each one of you has that ministry. Now, we discussed this in our class, Donnie, and Donnie tell you this, we discussed in our class after the scripture about Jesus being lost, we don't hear anything else about Joseph. Now think about that for a moment. Now, and I could be wrong. I, I did a little bit of research, and I'm pretty sure I, I, I'm correct in that. But we don't hear anything else about him. We don't know if if he died prior to, to Jesus coming into his ministry. We don't know if he ever saw Jesus perform miracles. We don't know if, well, he wasn't, I don't think, at the cross because, of course, the mother, Mary the mother, was mentioned in scriptures about being there. So let me explain and let me look at it from this perspective. What a man of faith to do what God called him to do, to take on a woman who was already pregnant with God's child and him taking that in faith, marrying an already pregnant woman, talking to angels about a son that he's, he can't see yet, of course, and who obviously isn't his biological son, yet he raised him at his own, but he, he may have never possibly ever seen his ministry come to fruition. I'm going to tell you, that takes a tremendous amount of faith. You know, it sort of sounds like the story of Moses, doesn't it? When he talks about going to the promised land, he never got to enter into the promised land. To me, my human side, when I'm thinking about this mess, I'm thinking, man, how heartbreaking that must have been to anticipate seeing what God was going to do, and but never maybe fully seeing it. Maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe God let him see it from heaven. Maybe not. But I'll tell you this. This is what stands the test of time. Is it 2,000, over 2,000 years later, we're still telling his story, aren't we? We're still talking about Joseph. You know, that's God. Those are the things of God. You see his story, and we're still telling of humility, of faith, and obedience. Now, I'm going to release the moms real quick. There's some moms that need to go get their children to give away, but i got something else that we're going to sum up with. But if you, you moms want to get the children from Kids Jam, Freedom Kids, I'm sorry, you go ahead. But dads, I want you to listen to me for a moment, okay? Some of you have been dads a very short time. Some of you are dads to come. Uh, some of you have been dads a long time. But I want you to listen to me very carefully. Dads, listen, you won't get it right all the time. You won't. You're going to mess up. And you know what? That's okay. My encouragement to you is, hey, listen, don't stop trying. Don't lose heart. Keep pushing. I promise you, it's worth it. I tell people all the time when I, and I, I know Becky and I, we don't get it right all the time. And we haven't gotten it right with our daughters. But I tell people, I said, look, if you'll just press in for the first two or three years of your life, 
I'm telling you, you'll be blessed the rest of your life. Those, those first two or three years, you can lay the foundation for those kids. And if you'll do that work, you know, not only disciplining them and raising them up in the Lord and, and praying for them and doing that work, I promise you, you'll be blessed. But you ain't going to get it right. Wives and children, honor your husband and dad every day. Not just on a day that the world says, hey, guess what? It's Father's Day. Look, do it every day. Do it every day. Every day ought to be Mother's Day for you moms. Every day should be dad, Father's Day for you dads. You know, dads, I want you to think about something. God, our Heavenly Father, is allowing you and I to share a title with Him. And that's a father. Think about that. What a great privilege and honor that you and I have as men to be a father. A father will make or break a family. You know, more importantly, listen very carefully because I know I've I've been taught this all my life. And I can tell you as a dad and as a son that the kind of father that you are is the image that your child or or that your children will carry of their Heavenly Father. Now think about that. There have been a lot of dads who have done a phenomenal job and given God a lot of glory, but then there's always been not so good dads, right? But you know what? The family that you create is more important than the family you came from. Listen, the family that you create is more important than the family you came from. You're not bound by what you came from, but you will be bound by what you create. Regardless whether you think it's fair or not, it really doesn't make any difference because that's really the truth. A good father is one like Joseph. He displays humility Faith and obedience to the Lord. You know, I've never heard, I've never heard a child from a godly parent or a godly dad say, yeah, you know what? I wish my dad wasn't such a good dad. Or, nah, my dad, he was just too godly. We don't hear that because it's not true. We've said this plenty of times in grace marriage. And I'm going to leave it up there. If you want to take a picture of it, that's fine. But if we as parents train our children as instructed by the Lord, we get to spoil our grandchildren. But if you choose to spoil your children, you'll get to raise your grandchildren. Men, I love you. And I thank you for being those men of good character. I think our church is something special, I'll really be honest with you. But men, be men of character. Let's take lessons from men like Joseph. Be humble so that the Lord can lead you. Be faithful so the Lord can use you. And be obedient so that the Lord can be glorified in your life. Lastly, be a man of legacy that long after you're gone that your family can carry on this godly trace. And remember, 
is that the opportunity that you have before you, especially those of us who have children, is that the image that they have of our Heavenly Father heavily heavily relies on us being a great example. I can tell you, speaking with my dad being back there today, you know, I had a great dad growing up. I really did. You know, I think we were talking about it uh, a couple weeks ago in class. I think Ronnie actually said something about it about years ago. Someone asked me, but you know, we were talking about our dads. You know, what's the first thing that came to mind? And well, the first thing that came to my mind was love. You know, I knew my dad loved me because my dad came home every night. You know, he was a, he was the calm in the storm. You know, he was that peace that brought peace into our family. You know, I seen faith in his life because he shared the gospel through song. You know, but I I realize that's not everybody's story. And for that, hey, if it makes you feel any better, I'm sorry. But guess what? You get to create your own. You get to create your own legacy. Don't think you're just him by the past. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your grace in our lives. I thank you that you have given us the opportunity as men, Lord, to be those godly fathers that you call us to be, that we can love our wives as Christ loves the church, that we can uh, lead our family and our wives well. And God, I thank you for our wives. I thank you for blessing us with such beautiful, beautiful creations, Lord, that God, that you have given each one of us. And Lord, I know that we take advantage of that. We, we tend as men to, to kind of take, forsake those things. But God, I thank you for that. I thank you for each man in here. And uh, God, I just know that your kingdom come and your will will be done when we are men like Joseph, when we have obedience to you, we have faith in you, and Father, that we're humble. And so God, thank you for that. Thank you for godly men like Joseph that could teach us. And so God, I praise you for that in Christ's name. Amen.